Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, which is a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Nia Lewis. In this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern day contemporary poets. In today's episode, we are going to be learning about C.A. Conrad, a contemporary poet and the inventor of somatics. C.A. Conrad was born on January 1st, 1966 at Forbes Air Force Base in Topeka, Kansas. Their father was a Vietnam War veteran and their mother was a 14-year-old runaway. Conrad grew up in Boyertown, Pennsylvania, the hometown of their mother's second husband and as Conrad described, a hotbed for the Ku Klux Klan. C.A. Conrad self-described as the son of white trash asphyxiation whose childhood included selling cut flowers along the highway for their mother and helping her shoplift. Indeed, when they were just eight years old, they began selling bouquets of flowers along the side of the road to help support their family. Most of Conrad's family worked for the Boyertown Burial Casket Company, a local coffin assembly factory. C.A. remembers being gifted a rifle for their ninth birthday, which they used to hold guarding their sister's room to protect her from their stepfather, their mother's third husband, who would come home drunk trying to molest her. They also remember around the same age, discovering the poetry of Emily Dickinson and the writing of Waldemar Mayakovsky in their local public library. In a town where People were only functionally literate, they said. These books gave them a sense of hope and purpose, and they began to write their own poetry by the side of the road while selling flowers. C.A. experienced severe bullying for their gender identity and sexuality when they were outed at the age of 16. They had one teacher, Miss R, the ceramics teacher, who they credit with keeping them from suicide at the time in their life. I love that, that there was a support system at school and the fact that it happened to be an educator. And for some reason, I feel like it's always art teachers. Like I just, I love art teachers so, so much. And in high school, I had this art teacher that I would go to for everything, girl problems, I needed help with crushes, with people I didn't get along with. I had some ridiculous drama in high school and I went to her for help and she gave me the absolute best advice ever and I really appreciated her. So I love seeing the fact that Conrad had someone to go to, a support system. I absolutely love that. They remember times when their classmates would yell slurs and taunts at them in the hallways, a period they described as claustrophobic, my life changed forever. But Conrad did acknowledge one good thing that came from being an outcast, saying, I was forced outside of the acceptable, respectable worlds and therefore no longer needed to concern myself with fitting in. It was liberating and I feel very fortunate to have been shown the way out of having to exist in the framework of norms. This philosophy has carried Conrad through the rest of their life and career. 
C.A. Conrad moved to Philadelphia that same year at the age 16 and lived in an artist-friendly apartment block attending parties and readings and writing poetry. They described their chosen family of drag queens and sex workers as the one who taught me how to love the world. But it was in this period too that Conrad faced some of the tragedies that would shape the rest of their life. The AIDS crisis hit their community hard. CA lost countless friends, co-workers, and their boyfriend at the time, Tommy. Conrad lost another boyfriend, Mark Holmes, who was known as Earth, a few years later when violently murdered. Though there was evidence to show that he had been bound, raped, and set on fire, the police ruled it a suicide. Guys, can we just have a moment for what was just unpacked? I I have a lot of knowledge of what happened during the, you know, AIDS crisis. And to know what the queer community went through during this time is absolutely heartbreaking. I can only imagine how it feels to just lose your loved ones so quickly. And then on top of that, you're losing your loved ones and then the whole world is blaming you for AIDS crisis. It's just, it seems, you know, right when Conrad was getting out of a place to explore, it just fell right back on them again. Just pain, suffering, and even today, people are still blaming the queer community for AIDS. It's just like, come on, what? Conrad's poetry is motivated by the anger they felt at the violation of things they love. This anger, they said, is the origin of their radicalism and the frequent political subject matter of their poetry. Their works often touch on themes of sex, violence, and deviance. Conrad is also often inspired by natural imagery and has written a book of eco-poetics, which they described as political as well, in that it is not so much nature poetry as it is an awareness and study of our many different ecologies and a concern for the breaking fabric of those ecologies. In terms of form, C.A. uses the placement of words against the blank page to turn the poem into a work of visual art. C.A. Conrad is best known for their unique methodology, which they've termed somatic. The practice originated in 2005 upon returning to Boyertown. Their family, they recalled, had lived like extensions of the machinery they worked with, focusing on anything beyond the present moment to cope with their unhappiness. It was then that they realized that they too had never escaped the coffin factory. 
It was the factory mentality, for example, that stopped them from writing when Earth died. C.A. was also inspired by the Pennsylvania Dutch country, where their grandmother taught them to meditate and where they took an interest in the occult, from local water diviners to the hex signs painted on barns. Even as Conrad recognizes the debt they owe their childhood home in inspiring somatic, they have also declared it a rejection of everything experienced there, a deliberate rebuke to the bigotry, violence, and oppression they grew up around. Conrad devised somatic as a set of rituals and exercises that demand their absolute attention in what they call the extreme present. These rituals often involved wild and unpredictable practices, sometimes erotic and bodily unlike standard writing prompts because they're not meant to get you to write. They're supposed to change the way you see the world. Somatic rituals range in form. The first ritual they ever took on involved eating only red foods for a day and wearing a red wig. Conrad said that, Choosing to absorb my day with a single color made me hyper-conscious of movement and deeply observant of my senses. Another ritual involved lying on the ground and listening to recordings of recently extinct animals. In another, C.A. interviewed businessmen around Philadelphia about the consistency of their semen. The rituals served multiple purposes. They become a part of the poems themselves as they described, while doing a ritual, the actions burden the physical to manifest language in the form of notes that get coaxed, sucked, and jolted onto the page to later be sculpted into poems. While they typically hear the idea that poem while they typically hear the idea that poetry helps people understand the supernatural, C.A. believes in the reverse, that the supernatural helps them uncover their poetry. Ooh, I like that. C.A. also uses them to process their past. Poetry saved my life, and I do not care how grand that sounds, it is true. They said in an interview with Lambda Literary, Conrad has incorporated these rituals into their lifestyle, even on a daily basis. Conrad uses crystals, for example, in their daily life and in their somatics. They recalled that their mother had a lot of hippie friends, so they were exposed to a lot of new age crystals in an early childhood. They also speak frequently about being vegetarian. When they first moved to Philadelphia, CA was vegan and ate a microbiotic diet. When Earth was murdered, they'd stopped taking care of themselves and started eating unhealthy, though they stayed consistently vegan throughout. Feeling so unhealthy and sick at the time helped them realize that the factory was in my life after those years of thinking it was not. In that way, their diet has helped them manage their depression and cope with their traumas. Conrad is the author of nine books of poetry and essays, including Amanda Paradise, forthcoming in 2021, Jupiter Alignment, Somatic Poetry Rituals, published in 2020, While Standing in Line for Death, Eco Deviance, Somatics for the Future Wildness, published in 2014, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Were You High When You Said This, was published in 2014, A Beautiful 
Mercubial Afternoon, published in 2012, The Book of Frank, published in 2010, and The City Real and Imagined, published in 2010. In 2015, a documentary was made about their work called The Book of Conrad, which also covered Earth's murder and helped them heal. CA said that it changed my life the day the filmmakers sat me down in their Brooklyn home and told me they had been investigating Earth's murder and that they believed me and not the police. On the trade ride home, I surrendered to a sudden, uncontrollable flood of tears. It was beautiful and it was a reset button for me. They were also featured in the 2018 film, I Hope I'm Loud When I'm Dead. Conrad is the recipient of the Lambda Literary Award, a Believer Magazine Book Award, a Gil Ott Book Award, and the Creative Capital Grant. They have received a few Pew Fellowships, McDowell Foundation, Landon Fellowship, Beniff Art Center Fellowship, and U Cross Foundation Fellowship. CA currently teaches at both Columbia University in New York City and Sandberg Art Institute in Amsterdam. The poem I'm going to share with you exemplifies much of what was mentioned in today's episode about C.A. Conrad's biography, style, and methods. Though you can't see the form of glitter in my wounds here, it is an innovation form. It is not just flushed left on the page. You can hear the anger derived from their real love for their community you can also see an example of a somatic ritual used in the construction of the poem. So here's Glitter in My Wounds by C.A. Conrad. First and most important, dream our missing friends forward, burn their reflections into empty chairs, we are less bound by time than the clockmaker fears. This morning, all I want is to follow where the stone angels point, birdsong lashing me to tears. Heterosexuals need to see our suffering, the deaths of our friends and lovers to know glitter on a queer is not to dazzle, but to unsettle the foundation of this murderous culture, deviant weeds smashing upon through cement. You think Oscar Wild was funny? Well, darling, I think he was busy distracting straight people so they would not kill him. If you knew how many times I've been told, you're not like one of my gay best friends who tells me jokes and makes me laugh, BBXXSS. No, I sure as fuck am not. I have no room in my life to audition for your pansy mascot. You people can't kill me and think you can kill me again. I met a tree in Amsterdam and stood barefoot beside it for 20 minutes, then left completely restored. Yet, another poem not written by a poet. Sometimes we need one muscle to relax so the others follow. My friend Mandy calls after a long shift at the strip club to say, While I'm standing in line for death, I am fanning my hot pussy with your new book. Will you sign it next week, my fearless sister? There is a word in this poem that I personally should not say, so I did leave it out. 
but if you read it, you'll be able to read it and know what the word is. And I also think that is very important for you guys to see the poem, how C.A. Conrad chose to write this poem. This is not my first time hearing this poem. I actually heard this poem when I was in a Get Lit Player meeting and my coach, Mila Kuda, was telling us her favorite poem. And her favorite poem was, in fact, Glitter in My Wounds. And I love, love this poem. All of us Get Lit players were like, what? All of our mouths were open. I think we all felt something out of this poem. What I really, like my favorite line in this poem is, the death of our friends and lovers, to know glitter on a queer is not dazzle, but to unsettle the foundation of this murderous culture. That? The well darling, I think he was busy distracting straight people so they would not kill him? Like, what? This poem is absolutely powerful and CA really, I think, highlights something that I really have noticed that straight people have really done to the queer community is a lot of straight people automatically put this stereotype on the queer community. Oh my god, I'm so excited to have my first gay best friend. We're gonna go shopping and do all this, this, and that. And it's like, no. No, no, sweetie. That's... No, no, no. (laughs) And I love that they were like, no, 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 no. Mm -mm -mm. You thought, you thought I was going to be like that? No, no, no. Let me tell you how I am. That's how, that's the energy I felt when they said that portion of the poem. And I can really tell they brought the somatics into there when they said, I met a tree in Amsterdam and stood barefoot beside it for 20 minutes, then left completely restored. That line right there, I just feel like, is a relaxing period of like the poem and I just it's like heavy 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 and it's like with everything that's happened I've learned to like meditate to relax I truly like that poem as someone who is very spiritual I really loved that part of the poem so so much and of course the ending part with mandy chef's kiss thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things get lit minute make sure that you share this podcast with your friends and family members and i'll see you guys next week bye Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is produced by Samuel Curtis, executive produced by Diane Luby Lane, and engineered by Peter Davis. This episode was researched and written by Sakura Price alongside me, Nia Lewis. Special thanks to the entire Get Lit staff and donors who make this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That is G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you then.